night, my Werewolf Radio listeners. It's T-Magic. It's another episode of Werewolf Radio. Tonight's guest is Mr. Richard Hagen. Richard got some incredible stories. We touch base on everything from the occult, Santria, Jim Jones, the AIDS pandemic, punk rock, old and new. You name it. Astral projection, near-death experience, OD. We get it. We get pretty dark. And out of that dark comes the light. Without any further ado, I give you the light, Mr. Richard Hagen, here on Where. All right, Werewolf Radio listeners, I'm here with Richard. Richard, give us an introduction. Say hey. hey. Uh, thanks for having me, Tammy. My name's Richard Hagen. Uh, and you're just here to talk I'm about stuff. Yeah, Tammy yeah. asked me to do this. You can't say no to Tammy. That's right. I love it. Don't say <laughs> no to me. Never. Don't say no. Well, we were talking about stuff on the way over here. Like, we were talking. One of my favorite things that you had mentioned is, is your Aunt Tootsie. <laughs> Aunt Tootsie. So we were, we were talking, I was more or less asking Rich for, we got a lot to talk about. First of all, we got, you know, the whole 80s uh, thing, you know, everything from punk rock shows through the AIDS pandemic and just being in San Francisco during that time and Santeria stuff with Aunt Tootsie. <laughs> we got, you know, just talking about old Chola stuff. What, were, what did they call Cholas uh, back in the day? Uh, Pachucas. Pachucos. Pachucas yeah. and Pachucas. Give us a little background on that. Um, yeah, uh, pre Cholo and Chola, the, uh, they were the, the forebearers of Cholas and Cholos were the Pachucos and the Pachucas. Right. And um, the dudes used to dress up in kind of like the shark skin suits and the, the zoot suit. Right. Part of that zoot suit ride, that was, those were Pachucos. Yeah. yeah. Um, and my Aunt Tootsie was a major Pachuca, and um, and she's the one, because there's uh, Santeria, yeah. there's, there's there's this heavy-duty Christian right. thing going on, but there's, my great-grandfather was a curandero, and would, witch doctor, you know, practitioner, yeah. medicine man. Right. And, and he did cure people. We saw it happen all the time. Um, and I asked my Aunt Tootsie about it. And uh, I said, I, I, I can't, what are my fucking aunts? I can't remember what her name was. Well, I do. I'm not going to say it. I don't like her. <laughs> uh, <laughs> anyways, I, I asked Aunt Tootsie, who I love. I said, Aunt Tootsie, what, what's going on there? Uh, so-and-so said it's not good. And uh, Aunt Tootsie said, she went like this. Don't poo-poo the voodoo, mijo. <laughs> <laughs> I love that she had little. Would she have little uh, tattoos? Yeah, uh, she was. Uh, back then, uh, the girls, the style for the pachucas was they teased their, wrapped their hair up. Yeah. And uh, diapers back then were made out of cotton. Right. Right. right? So they would iron them really, really, really nicely, and then they would put them, uh, like like big bandanas over their beehives. Right. And then clip them in the back with one of those plastic uh, okay, safety diaper, pins. No, diaper, diaper pins. pins. Yeah, you know, with the little blue right, or, the, right, right, right. <laughs> or the pink duck. I love it. Uh, yeah, and anyway, Aunt Tootsie used to come to all the family functions like that. And they were like, is she go for Yeah, and there were a couple of, but, <laughs> you know, 
I was drawn to her. I, you know, well, of you course. Mean, yeah. Well, I, 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 <laughs> I, mean, I know. I always made a beeline to her, and, and she was always really good to me. And uh, and she had these little tattoos. You know, she had this, like I and do. For Vita? Yeah, yeah. And uh, a couple around her eye, and um, and then uh, she had a she had a tattoo Vita mark. And I would and I would say, oh, those are cool. She was. She would go, Mio, those are my goodie marks. Oh, my goodie marks. <laughs> So one I of those, love it. It's one of those tootsie. Those are my goodie marks. I love it. So they're kind of like your good, you know, they're your goodie marks. Yeah. Charms, more or less. Yeah, yeah. What do you got tattooed right here? What's it? Uh, it's, um, it's a sigil. Okay. And uh, it's, it's words lined up like, okay, uh, it helps to manage Okay. Speaking uh, about Richard's throat tattoo, by the yeah, way. Yeah, it's it's a sigil, and, and it represents opening the throat chakra okay. and, and the heart. And so it was written down with just uh, the, the consonants and the vowels taken off. Okay. On each side, and then it was matched up and then folded over, and then the other designs are that, so... Okay. It has it has a spiritual connotation. Plus, I right. think it looks pretty cool. It does look pretty rad. That's why I was like, "What is that? That looks yeah. badass." Thanks. Thanks. So you have a little. You have backstory of Santeria, and you know we were just talking about fuck Sublime because they just ruined it, and they, they just did. they fucking they're terrible. Anyways, I hate that. <laughs> and uh, you know that's just they put like this skid mark on something that's not really bad i mean i guess that's like we we're talking it, witchcraft in general you right. know it's it, it, not it's a craft yeah it, it is <laughs> you know it's not necessarily anything bad and like i was saying like you know where i grew up was all italians which you know we had uh, like it was not weird to go to a fortune teller or a you know like my brother would go to this woman who was actually a, he told me it was a british woman and I was like, what? We had a British person in Newcastle? <laughs> in the backwoods of Pennsylvania in an Italian neighborhood. And he's like, yeah, she was a British lady. And she read his tea leaves. Um. And uh, I'll never forget this because it never, I, I, it blew my mind. And everybody told me that it didn't happen until like last year. So I thought this, I was thought I was like, what the fuck? Was I in another dimension or what? But what happened was my mom took him to go see this uh fortune teller woman we dropped him off we went to pickway shoes and getting him some shoes it was on the north hill of town you know where this this fortune teller woman was and so it was pickway shoes store at the time and we went and you know looking for shoes for him and whatever's and then we go back and pick him up so we pick him up and she's like i got you these shoes and he's like wow wild she told me that there was going to be new shoes and we were like yeah wow. and then there was something else that we were like, okay, that that happened. That's weird. And he's all, and then she said something about, and it don't make any sense to me, is an old man from out of town that I don't know is going to die. And he was like, well, that's pretty vague. You know, like, that's, what's that going to do with anything? So we were just like, huh, weird. That doesn't even, you know, we couldn't understand it. So we got home, and they got ready, and they worked at this place, uh, called SMPJ, which is uh, uh, Slovenian for National Slovenian National Benefit Society. It's actually in the Guinness Book of World Records for the longest name for the smallest town. <laughs> it's like like the name's like it's Slovinska Norba something blah blah. They just made it SMPJ. 
Anyways, my mom was working there. My brother was working there, and he was doing dishes. And my mom was the uh, secretary at the time there. And they have polka dances all the time. Well, some fucking old dude from Youngstown, Ohio, fucking had a heart attack that right night. on the bike. On the fucking dance floor. <laughs> so my brother comes home, like kicks the door open, like, dude, you're not gonna believe this. Oh, dude, don't know him. Youngstown, Ohio, out of town, dead, right in front of me, like just whatever, like just like nobody had any empathy or anything. Like, oh, it's such a terrible thing. We were like, the witch lady said it's gonna happen. Like it was just like this whole thing, and that shit happened. You yeah. know what I mean? Like it's like. You know, and the thing with the the women that were always like doing reading playing cards or tea leaves, nobody ever had tarot cards. It was never anything that was like actually because I think they're like, oh, that's witchcraft, like that's bad. But if I read you these, you know, you know, Joe Schmo playing cards, that's fine. It's just God coming through me. You right, know, like, right. So they were all kind of religious. So like they didn't. Oh yeah, same. same here. So I was like, you know, they all believed this was, you know, not like anything of the power of the earth or anything like that yes. they're like this is jesus right <laughs> like they were just like that's what this shit is and you're like all right well i guess so and you know and we all thought that too so nobody ever really was like getting your fortune read was ever like gypsy or weird like and not until i was older and moved away that i was like oh did you ever get it done i had once and it was down on melrose for 10 bucks or something and she told me I was going to die of cancer in my 30s and I think she smelled cigarette on me or something and like you know oh bitch I'm 48 <laughs> years old today you are so wrong <laughs> she died of cancer in I was her like 30s. you died of cancer how about that <laughs> fucking bullshit the best was a lady it was I was at Vaughn's or John's one of those in the grocery stores woman's like you have great look you know I I can see your future, and I had a bandana on. And this happens to me everywhere. Everybody, when I have a bandana on, Native American, everybody thinks I am Tonto. All, <laughs> right away, you know, they're just like, oh, you know, I feel your Native American spirit. I was like, do you? <laughs> and I was like, go on. She's like, yeah. She's. I was like, well, it turns out that I'm not even Native American. So you can take that story down. She's like, what's your last name? And I was all. Oh, Germany. And she goes, German. <laughs> I was all, wow, you're really bad at this game. <laughs> like, you know, it's like, so just like the ladies, you know, you've had that in the grocery yeah. store. They're yeah, like yeah. trying to, or like trying to hustle you to get your fortune read in a parking lot. Yeah, get out of here. Well, if it, if it ends in a row, generally speaking, it's Italian. Yeah, how about that? <laughs> I mean, weird <laughs> that you're like, you're, all she heard was German. German. Yeah. So I was like, wow, you can't even pick up on an Italian name, man, when it's given to you and gift-wrapped. So that was that. But, I mean, the other thing I wanted to touch on when we were on this was our love for Tina Weymouth. Oh, Of the Talking yeah. Heads yeah. and how we love everything she's done. And, you know, a lot of people don't even know that, like, the Tom Tom Club is, you know, the female bass player of uh, – the, the rhythm heads. section of the Talking Heads. Yeah. yeah. I mean, she's like one of the most underrated bass players ever, and let alone in the female world. Like, like Absolutely. No Absolutely. one ever really gives her the credit. I mean, like that's like the, the, the heart of the Talking Heads is those bass lines. The, first, I mean? the first and the third album, uh, 
Talking at 77 and Remain in the Light, she is heavily featured. And her sisters, who sang with her on the Tom Tom Club. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, I didn't know those were her sisters. Yeah. Oh, uh, wow. She's got a couple of them. Um, on the second album, uh, they're credited, but it's called Tina in the Typing Pole, backing vocals. And it's Tina and her sisters. Oh, wow. Yeah. That's pretty rad. Yeah. So you were around, I mean, like, in, you were going to shows heavily back in the in late the, 70s yeah. and early 80s. Yeah. So what are some of your favorites? Like, some of your favorite moments of, uh, oh, yeah, yeah, right? That's a deep one. I'm uh, sorry. It's a no, cut. No, no, no. That's, that's, <laughs> that's good. Um, one, uh, it's probably been no, Mink Deville. Mink yeah. Deville played at CBGB's uh-huh. and uh, it's Puerto Rican, half Puerto Rican and half Whatever. something else. Yeah, and yeah. like I'm half Mexican and half Norwegian, so yeah. there's that. I you know called half breed. Yeah, so and so everybody I was you know, whenever whenever Cher <laughs> song half breed came on the radio, the AM radio, we'd all yeah half breed. <laughs> my father referred me to me and my brother as his half breeds. Now, mind you, my mother is Syrian and white, but he just didn't even, because nobody was like, it's like anybody that was back then, even if you were half of anything, you weren't ever, like, it was just whatever the dominant one was. Like, you know, since she was Syrian, they, my aunt would be like, Jimmy, did you marry that Syrian? <laughs> you know, like, even though she's not 100% Syrian, it didn't matter. She was just Syrian. So my dad didn't recognize the whites either. So he would just do the, <laughs> where are my half-breeds? Chewing gum. And we're like, here, yeah. daddy, here, half-breed present. They, yeah, they used to call us half-breeds and, and, and Indians because, you know, yeah. I mean, Mexicans are half-Indian. Right. And indigenous people. So anyway, Mink DeVille, Willie DeVille was the lead singer. And um, he was part of the CBGB scene. And he came out to L.A. around the same time that Blondie hit. Because they all played together out there. Blondie, the Ramones, uh, oh, Richard Hell. Richard and the Voidoids. Voidoids, yeah. Yeah. Um, talking Heads. Yeah, Talking Heads. I didn't see television. him until later. Television. Yeah, he was in yeah. television too, Richard Hell was. Yeah. Uh, and um, That's right. Anyways, uh, one night we got tickets. I used to work at this record store, and it was in the 70s when there was excess money. So right. I would just tell my boss, you know, we got paid $3 an hour. Right. So I, we'd get all these, you know, promo t-shirts and... And, and this was in New York or was this that was here? This was here. This was here. In L.A. In L.A. And... and, um, and at the Roxy, the Starwood, um, the Whiskey, and there was some other club. Troubadour? The, yeah, the Troubadour. Yeah. Um, we could get on the list, and on the list meant that you got to bring one other person in, and you got a table, and you got two drink comps. Oh, wow. Yeah, so I mean... God, they, whatever we, happened to that? I don't know, but I was glad I got to... Yeah, <laughs> to you were there for a moment. Yeah. That's like getting these full-course meals and a cigarette on a plane. Like, whatever <laughs> happened to that? Yeah, rip off. Anyways, it was a it was a Mink Deville show at the Whiskey, and um, and he was he had that uh, Latino edge. Mm-hmm. I mean, there were horns in the band, mm-hmm. but the guitar was wailing, and uh, and there were like uh, '50s love songs, right? You know, mixed up, shook up little girl, and I'll, I'll do anything to walk that girl that's, home, dude. That's like yeah. so, so cholo. Oh, yeah, exactly. So that that was. So we used to call him the Smokey Robinson of punk. Oh, right. And people didn't know. I could totally see that, too. Yeah, and people didn't know what to do with him. So his his career kind of didn't take off like the others. But he was, you know, and back then there was like a dressing room, but there were no phones. There was, 
there wasn't this separation of, you know, it was everybody was there because they loved the music. Right. Everybody was there because they loved the music. So you you just talk with them right. afterwards, and it, it wasn't like selfie time and you know yeah. all that other crap. It just that kind of whatever yeah, it ruined it. it. It was just music lovers talking, and then you know, go to a party with them or whatever. Right. And, and there was, so there's lots of that, but. Uh, Blondie, I saw. I think I've seen Blondie most of all the bands. It's maybe Elvis Costello. Yeah. Blondie, this was at the whiskey too. Blondie was wearing. I didn't realize it was a wedding dress at the time, but she was singing. It was, it was still during the first album, the tour of the first album, and she was at. You know, she was drinking and she dropped the glass and she cut her finger and she just kept on going. And so she was dripping the blood on her wedding dress. Oh right. <laughs> and just you know, and some many many years later, Madonna did. Uh, like a virgin in the oh, wedding yeah, dress. Oh, yeah, the wedding and dress. I, yeah, yeah, and I'm like... I seen that first on he, somebody else. Yeah, and I was at a... I guess it was last year, John Waters had written a book, and he was sitting there, uh, and he said, look look at Debbie Harry took a year off, and Madonna stole her act, and I stood up, <laughs> and I went, yes, that's right. And so when I went to have my picture taken to next to him, I said, you're the only one that knows that. That's and, great. And he, and he winked at me and it's like, yeah. So, yeah, that was, it, it, was, it was fun to be a teenager. See, this is that. the reason why I have you on the show. Like, these are great stories. You <laughs> thanks, know what I mean? Thanks. Like, I was like, I got to get you on Werewolf Radio. <laughs> thanks, like, we talk it. about spooky stuff. <laughs> we talk about some great stories. And the thing is, is like, those were some of the heroes and stuff. Like, I, the whole reason I even started playing music was because of Joan Jett and the Runaways. You know? Oh, and yeah. Then, and the Runaways were way before my time. You know what I mean? I was born in 74. You know what I mean? So they were before like, their time. Yeah, they really were, yeah. you know. And, you know, so it's like when I get to talk to people that were like, oh, yeah, like I've seen the runaways. I'm like, yeah. what? You know, yeah. like, that's such a, a big deal to me, you know, for that. I mean, I've seen Joan Jett a thousand times, but the runaways to actually see that and it's prime in that time. You know. They were at the clubs. Yeah. I, I would see them at Starwood and I would see them at the, they were always at the shows. Yeah. You know what I mean? And that's, I mean, even when I was here in the 90s, when we'd go to shows, there would be like, you know, all the rock and rollers uh, that were popular at that time, that would be at the shows, yeah. too, you know. And that, that went on for the longest time. Now it's just like, I mean, and then the pandemic happened, like nobody goes anywhere, nobody does anything, and shows aren't really, I mean, there are, there's some, those, have you seen some of the shows, I've seen some of the live footage online of shows that they're having under this bridge that are punk rock shows? Yes. Yes, Where I, is I, that? I haven't been. I haven't been to that. That shit's off the chain. Yeah, yeah. You know, so I mean, I so retract my statement. There is stuff going on. No. I just don't know about it, or I just see it online after. I'm like, why didn't anybody call me? <laughs> I'll tell you, one of the best punk uh, rock shows uh, I went to was recently. It was I was up in the Bay Area, and uh, a friend of mine says, "We're gonna go. We're gonna go to Sacramento. You want to come?" And I'm like, "Yeah." And they're in a band called the Lollygaggers. And these are queer punk rock bands. Right. And so... Which are very few. Yeah, but yeah. I mean, these guys... Um, so we drove all the way from Oakland to Sacramento, and we get the... And, and set a house, and it's in this backyard. And, Love it. And, uh, you know, like, the band setup is in the garage. Yeah. And uh, Grudge Packer was the headliner. Uh, Lollygaggers played second, and then the opening band was Cockring. <laughs> and uh, they came... At, there must have been 60 20 something year olds you know here yeah. here's grandpa, hey, grandpa. <laughs> in the back and um, uh, they've got this amazing mosh pit going and and, and just you know a lot of the guys are more like punk uh, cock ring 
kind of punk hardcore, and then the other one was hardcore. But just to see these kids, yeah, and I'm like, down. there was nothing like that when I was growing up. Yeah. Nothing. And what? there were teenagers there. Yeah. And it just was like, and talking to the kids in the band, you know, they're in their mid-20s, and they're like, God, I wish there was something like this when I was a kid. And I said, trust me, there was nothing like this when I was a kid. There was the monkeys. Yeah. <laughs> you were flexing the age. Yeah. If you don't mind, how, much, how old are you? I'm 65. And it's such a trip because, Werewolf Radio listeners, I would have never guessed it. I've always thought you were like my age, 48 or 50. You know, or like, Thank you. No, I never. That's you know, a good you're age. like 65. I was like, what? <laughs> yeah. So, like, you know, I was like, how? Like, well, I didn't even put it together until you started telling me stories about seeing the talking heads. And I was like, well, this dude's definitely older than me. I'm like, well, how? You know, I'm like thinking, how much older could you? Bro, 65. I'm like, damn, dog, you got like 12 <laughs> years on me. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That was, it was, um, it was a good time wow, to be a teen. you got 17 years on me. I'm 48. I'm 60. I don't know. I don't know my math. I'm <laughs> trusting you. <laughs> you can throw, yeah, well, throw yeah, up some more numbers right? if you want. I don't Go care. Go ahead. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, you look great for, you know. Thanks, I mean, Sammy. Not that anybody thinks, like, you know, I mean, that's the other thing is California. Uh, Everybody looks younger here. <laughs> it is a little bit of the fountain of youth because when you, like, when I go back home and I, you know, see people your age, I mean, they got walkers and fucking, you <laughs> know, know, like, I'm like, wow. I was like, and I think of, like, you know, all my friends that I see at shows that are your age. Like, you see, like, Punk Rock Judy, you know, and stuff, and like those, like, you know, people that age still going to shows. And, and I'm like, damn. We met at an L7 concert. Who? You and I. Yeah, I think so. What was it with Danielle? Yeah, it was with Danielle and um, shit. Where was it? It was at the uh, Music Box, the Henry Fonda Theater. Yeah. It was yeah. that L7 show. And that was we, our first reunion back. Yeah, and then we went next door to that little bar. Uh huh. What's her name? I know her. Tony Smith. Yeah. Yeah. I, I know her from Amoeba and Instagram. We yeah. follow each other. Uh, yeah. It was just like I'm like. Oh. Tony Smith, number one L7 fan. Yeah, 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 and we were all there, and it was just, it was, it was fun, and I remember that's when we met, and yeah. we ran into each other, I think, at a Rancid show. I was thinking it might have been even, what, when Vaginal Cream Davis used to do the shows at the garage, do you remember yes. that? Yes, And that's yes. the, that's when I saw, L7 did a show, that was the first time, no, I think, I can't remember if it was they, when they played Sunset Junction, or if oh, it was. Oh, I missed that. that, I didn't see that. Yeah, well, they played, I think that might have been the first time I saw L7 was at Sunset Junction. And the second time was a free show at the garage. Yeah. They just opened the doors and just everybody piled in. And it was like, you know, nobody, there was nobody checking IDs or anything. And they played, uh, the, he had the, what was his Sundays called? Um, Vaginal Cream Davis. Fucking, I wanted to call it the Circle Jerk or something uh, like that. I don't know. We had it. He had some good parties. Yeah. Really yeah. Good Him and Surfer Mike. Yeah. Surfer Mike's parties down off of, uh, right across from the Eagle. Yeah. Woo-wee. That whole area used to be. How about I ran into Surfer Mike at Howie Pyro's uh, benefit show at the Troubadour, and he sold that house. He got pretty did petty he? for that fucking oh, I'm sure house. Oh, he did. I'm sure but he did. nobody can stay in it because there'll be like drag queens and shit knocking on the door at <laughs> three in the morning, and these people are like, he doesn't live here anymore. Interrupted by like somebody looking for blow, some fucking drag queen having a meltdown. Like it's like four in the morning, and people are like, "Who the fuck is at the door?" It's the time to call out. There's a fucking seven foot queen going, "Girl, it's time to call out Surfer Mike." We we always come over at four. 
that kid. He's a trip. And uh, uh. speaking of L.A., I just read Pleasant Gemmon's uh, book, The Rock and Roll Witch. No, yeah, I Yeah, it's it. great. So if you get a chance, I check will. that out. She's uh, another one that's got some great stories of the L.A. era. And she's your age as well. And, you know, it comes from that whole time of like, oh, yeah, I've been there, partied with Minkville, you know, dated Levi Dexter and, all, you know, all... All that shit. You could so. do that back then. Yeah. I mean, it just, it, it was, see, I, I left, uh, I left L.A. in 78 to go up to San Francisco, mm -hmm. and I, I got there just in time for uh, Jonestown and the assassination of oh, uh, wow. Harvey Milk, so that was, uh, yeah, that was some deep and dark shit, but, um, yeah, it is. but the scene up there, the punk scene up there was great. Yeah. I mean, there were a couple. Well, crime of, was one of my favorites. Uh, back then, that were from the Oakland area. The Avengers. I, I, I was just gonna say, and how can I? My that's in my top five favorite records. The Avengers self-titled yes. yeah. record is. Just They're epic. playing. They're gonna be playing here. Yeah, uh, I've seen them twice. Once was at Sunset Junction, where I pulled. I had my uh, station wagon. It looked like D-Day's fucking car. <laughs> and uh, I gave it to Pat Mack for being sober for like and he, after he like had. A couple months sober, I was like, "Here, just take the fucking D-Day car." But I pulled it up. It was uh, me and Danielle did it at my ex-girlfriend's house. We pulled the, the wheels off, uh, painted the rims glossy fire engine red because I bought it off this band called Smelly Roses, which is like <laughs> the worst name you could possibly name a band. But they were so nice. But I'm just like, God, you guys, band names. And they spray painted it on the windows, and the the hood was zebra striped, and it was a wood paneled wood that's paneled. Ah, um, uh, that's hot. Uh, uh, wood panel was like with a sponge leopard on the wood panel, and then the the interior had the leopard and and uh, zebra stripes. So it was zebra and leopard themed car, and I was like, this is a fucking eyesore. I can't do this. We popped the. Uh, wood paneling off the side sanded down the whole thing as much as we could and this girl I was dating Shelly's uh, place out in Santa Clarita at her dad's tire shop so me and Danielle just bought a ton of fun black, black <laughs> spray paint and spray painted the whole thing black and then put the, the rims back on after and put it on. so it was that bright fire engine red rims and matte black you got to show me a picture of that. Sometime. I wish I had one. I don't uh, have one, but I, we uh, we pulled it up to the side of the stage of the Avengers, and everybody like the, the roof started to fucking bend <laughs> because everybody was standing on top of the car when the Avengers were playing at Sunset Junction, and like we were just all outside having a great time. But yeah, that was the first time I saw the the Avengers. Yeah, they 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 played a lot of uh, and the nuns. They, it, I love them. Um, I I saw the Sex Pistols at um, at Winterland. Uh huh. I went to see the nuns and um, Penelope, Man. the Avengers. Yeah, uh, I didn't really give a rat's ass about the... The pistols? Yeah, I didn't. I mean, I'm a Clash guy. Mm -hmm. And um, and the only reason I know I went... I, yeah. There was a lot of... A lot of getting fucked up. Yeah, okay, so yeah, that's honest. Um, it's because I have the stub. And I met, I met my friend Rex. And uh, we talked, and I, I really don't remember... Uh, when they came on or anything. Right. I just remember it was what San Francisco, so it's always drizzling cold totally. and foggy. And, and we were out drinking. And, uh, uh, so I don't really remember. But I know if, right. if, if it wasn't for him and another friend, I would have never known I was there. <laughs> 
So you're getting back to being there at that time. So, I mean, you were there uh, during the whole AIDS pandemic and yeah. everything. So yeah. you've had a lot of tragedy through that. Yeah, yeah, like, that, that was... Uh, I mean, I, I don't mean to get... It no, that's cool, it's cool. It. I mean, that, that's like something that just always forever will just be heart-wrenching for me personally because, you know, you're just watching all your friends die. In your twenties. In your twenties, and you're you're already being isolated because you're queer. Right. And then to have like a life-threatening disease. Well, it's all you know. Here come the Bible thumpers. Oh and, you yeah, know. yeah, yeah. And then there's all that shit that that went down with it. So I mean, you have so much. Uh, to, yeah, I mean, there's so much to unpack there. I don't even know where to start. You know, I mean, you even had guys, you know, people that were saying shit like, put them on an island and. No, there was there was an or, uh, someone, of course, in the Orange County. One of those congressmen mm-hmm. uh, wanted concentration camps. Wanted yeah. us registered, and 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 it's like, wow, fuck, yeah. Of course, it didn't pass, but it's like, no. Um, I'll tell you, um, right before uh, the when the verdict came down, uh, when Dan White shot uh, Mayor Moscone and, and Harvey Milk. That was a really dark. That was a really dark day, and of yeah. course, Jonestown uh, went down not far after that. And the Jonestown Church is uh, well was next to the Fillmore, okay. so it was right on that street. So, right. and, and it was a beautiful place. So, a lot of people I knew, uh, mostly their parents, because uh, they were the people my age didn't really go to the church, but a lot right. of their parents and their aunties and whatever went. So. A lot of Bay Area people went down with the Kool-Aid, oh, and wow. um, so it was just kind of a. But I've never talked to anybody that had any relation to Jonestown ever till right now. That's it's, yeah, it's it's it, it's uh, and like the uh, fucking Scientologists, they were trying to hunt, you know, Jim Jones. You know, he was yeah. one of those motherfuckers who had, yeah, and they have henchmen, and you know that you know about yeah. this because I. Heard your podcast mm-hmm. about the Manson and all that yeah. shit. You you know your shit, mm-hmm. so you know they have. Oh yeah, they're enforcers. They're fucking gu- they're loaded yeah. guns and everything. Yeah, what yeah. Kind of fucking and, religion does that. Yeah, and, mean, and a red flag. And they would they would trap uh, track people down who would talk about it. So, um, but I you know uh, I knew a couple people whose parents and one's auntie was you know. They drank the Kool Aid. Yeah. Forced to drink it, probably yeah. at gunpoint. Yeah, so you know? they, they they all got taken out, but. Anyways, after that, you know, I guess it was a year a year and a half after that, it must have been 79, um, when the verdict came back that Dan White got a, the Twinkie defense. Remember all that bullshit? I don't well, know. What, what, what was the Twinkie defense? I mean, the fresh, that sounds familiar, but I'm Okay, the Twinkie defense, his, his attorneys uh, said that Dan White was eating nothing but junk food. Twinkies, Cheetos... Ho ho snowballs, you know the ho- the hostess. The hostess. So she's on a sugar high. Yeah, and made yeah, him yeah. kill people. Yeah, and 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 he was stressed out and. Uh, right, the Twinkie defense the, totally yeah. makes sense. Yeah, and so and he got off. I can't believe it. He got off, and I remember there was this bar I used to hang out. Uh, I worked at this wine company, and up the street on Fourth Street was the Hotel Utah. Mm-hmm. That fucking bar had the best jukebox ever. Yeah. The only bar that ever had a better jukebox was the Boom Boom Room in Laguna. Yeah. Um, but this, anyway, so we went there when we, was, I can't remember if it was after work. It was that day. 
And we were sitting there drinking. And now I have uh, to go to the Boom Boom Room. Is it still there in Laguna? No, the building's still there. Yeah, okay. But the bar's... No. That was such a cool bar. No, in Laguna. Yeah. And, wow. I've been to Laguna, and I just never pictured having a... All right, I have to do a little interruption. We start yeah. the trail yeah, off way too bar. far <laughs> with gauge boxes and everything else. So we'll take a quick break, and we'll come back with more from Richard Hagen here. Magic. I'll tell you, Josh. So, yeah, um, we were drinking, and uh, one of my first friends was uh, a lesbian. Her name was Kay. And, um, That's a very lesbian name. <laughs> and I, I loved her. Kay got me the got me my first studio because I, I moved up there because a friend of mine, uh, <laughs> I used to, and this is in quote, date her sister, <laughs> which means I got drunk and fingered her. And, and, <laughs> At the drive-in, you know, because... Yeah, you know, why not? It was the 70s. Why not? (laughs) It's what you did. And uh, anyways, but uh, Laura said, come up, this is for you. So I I, I went up and I stayed. And and anyways, I moved in with her. Uh, She later died of AIDS. And uh, and Kay got me my own apartment right across. And it was was still the 70s, so Quaaludes were big. Yeah. And, you know, we were out in the boonies of San Francisco. We were over uh, where there were no white people. Let me put it that way. Okay. And... And it was us. And uh, so we'd sit around, drink wine, and split quaaludes. And then, anyways, so it was her idea. She goes, are, she goes, are you mad, Rich? And I'm like, fuck yeah, I'm mad. But I, you know. It, yeah. It, so we went. So I guess it was had to be after work. Because it was in December. Was it in December? Yeah, because it got dark early. Yeah. So we all got around City Hall. And there was the candlelight march. But, you know, yeah. fuck a candlelight oh, march. Oh, yeah, burn some shit. And, and that's what we did. <laughs> And that was my uh, entree into activism. Yeah. And, you, you know, the AIDS crisis, I was in ACT UP San Francisco. Right. And uh, one of the things I'm most proudest of is one of the committees that I was a part of was called the Youth Action Committee. Mm-hmm. And uh, we were trying to get condoms and safe sex information into the San Francisco public school system. And of course, the, the board of supervisors and the mayor were like, "No, yeah, that's." And, and of course, the parents piled in. Well, right. no, that's something that we, you know, that's that's what parents are supposed to do. We're supposed to talk about. Did your parents talk about? No, no, me neither. Yeah. My my dad said, "There's sperm in an egg. Go make Christmas cookies with your mom." And I got <laughs> I got confused. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> I didn't know what that meant. Um, but anyways, uh, we we uh, we we found some younger queers um, that were uh, eighteen, nineteen and set up a table with uh, condoms and safe sex literature across the street from the high school. I was security because, you know, I'm big and scary looking. Yeah. And, uh, and you know, kept talked to the media, but it would always put the younger people in front because that's who they could relate to. We went to every fucking high school, and I got on the... I went to every board of education meeting, and I would sit there, and I would take notes, and, and finally somebody, you know, after three or four... Who are you? Yeah. I said, I'm Richard with the Youth Action Committee of ACT UP San Francisco. Oh, we thought you were alumni. I said, no. <laughs> Turns out, did they walk you out? <laughs> no. Uh, How could, I mean, yeah. I wouldn't walk me out. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> and um, so anyways, what we did, it took a while. Um, we, we met at the uh, city hall with the board of supervisors and had young people testify. We all testified. 
and it passed. So we were part of the getting that getting rubbers in schools. Yep. Fuck yeah! High five, brother. Thank Fucking you, right on. Yeah, I, it's, I, I think one of my proudest moments is like I. You did something. Yeah, and you yeah. made a difference. Yeah, you really and, did. And ACT UP did in all, in all sorts of ways. Wow. That's a big deal. Getting safe sex literature, etc. into schools. Thank you, Richard. The other great thing about Richard is he is an old school roadmap of all the good time spots in the queer and punk rock world back in the day. We go into that a little bit and man this guy really has been through it he's got some stories his stories they take you on a journey man it's a it's an emotional roller coaster check it out he's an artist too he would say out of the darkest times comes the best art oh what you know oppression brings bring yeah. on the be- yeah okay yeah. brings on the best art so there were great underground clubs, and the punk rock scene was still happening. And um, the Stud, San Francisco, had yeah. had a punk rock night on Mondays. And across the street was Hamburger Mary's, the original right. Hamburger Mary's, right. before it moved all over the place. And the bar in Hamburger Mary's was called Sissy's. And of course, <laughs> I love it. I love. I always it too. wanted to have a, a gay bar. I call it the Limp Wrist. You know, I, I'm just out of like Norman Fell from fucking. <laughs> Three's company. And he'd always go. He'd always shake his wrist at Jack. Yeah. Oh, you know that band, uh, that queer punk rock band, Olympus, right? Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. Well, they're great. Oh yeah. They're really good. Yeah. I just went to the screen. I forgot about them. I just went to the screen of his movie the other night. There's turns out there on my on that block of Sunset I live on. Uh Behind those storefronts in the back is like an underground theater. Oh. I didn't know that. Until last weekend. Oh. Yeah, so there's it's good to know there's yeah. cool shit like that still going on. Yeah, I mean I I mean sometimes it's like, oh I didn't know about that. I'm like, hey, I feel left out, but I'm like, at least it's happening. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I mean just like just don't don't let shit die. I mean I just feel like the pandemic our you know, COVID pandemic just really fucking made everybody not like I mean and I'm guilty of it. Like I don't want to go anywhere. I'm always like I don't know if it's because I've gotten older and it's just like whatevs but I mean I don't know it's just uh, I just feel like it pumped the brakes I mean so I hope so there's kids still doing shit they are you know? so they are they yeah are. I mean like you said they got that theater going on and then there's the shows under the bridge downtown yeah and what those kids are doing in Sacramento and a couple yeah. of them are uh, one of the bands is coming here next week at some dive they play these dive bars downtown which I love yeah oh, there's like, first pool, first street pool spot that's yes. been like the new punk spot there's a D.I. and uh, Naked Aggression are playing there relatively soon and uh, I forgot who else just played there uh, yeah but I get like you know text like hey we're going to this punk rock show it's down on first street everything's in Boyle Heights you know? yeah yeah it, it's yeah. Uh, Thursday, I'm going to see uh, Grudge Packer and the Gay Agenda. And uh, text me, I want to go. Uh, okay, right I on. I want to go. Yeah, yeah. It's uh, so. Yeah, and, and that's the other thing is like queer punk bands. I mean, we would play some shows, you know, because when I was in Clutch the Pearls. Oh yeah, I remember yeah, that. Yeah, I mean, like we would play some shows, and there was like you know. Gabe Vagoda. <laughs> the band was called Gabe Vagoda. And they were really good. And they were like kind of shoegazery, like we were, you know, we were kind of like shoegaze. And uh, who are some of the other ones? I mean, yeah, Sapphic Musk. And, uh, yeah. you know, they're like, you know, 
good Viking chick rock and oh, and rock. there was um, no, there's agender I think's out right now. Uh, Hoop, I remember, um, I remember you playing drums for two bands that one day at the Eagle. Yeah, I was playing Sapphic Musk and Touch of Okay, Pearl. so yeah. yeah, okay, so and there was another uh, band on the bill, but yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, there's always, you know. Yeah, I mean, there was like those kind of, you know, like we were like, you know, older, you know, shoegazy or whatever. Like there hasn't been like very many. Gacy DC. Yeah, Gacy DC. Gacy DC. They're always fun. Yeah. You know, I mean, especially when you're taking like the most hetero misogynistic yes. lyrics yeah. and making them the cock suckier fucking <laughs> ball sucking lyrics <laughs> ever. And it's just, you know, dudes and boas and. Yeah, just lip Clint's in that band yeah, now. Yeah, Clint's in the band now. His band, Speed Queen, I really like. I have their t-shirt. I'm not partying with it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that was good a good stuff. band. Yeah, so, I mean, like, getting back to, like, that whole 80s thing in, in San Francisco and stuff. So, the whole thing with uh, Harvey Milk. Now, what, we, you know, we know he was assassinated. Like I said, he got his Twinkie vest, Dan White. <laughs> It's, you know, but I mean, so there was like protest and, oh, yeah. and there was something. I mean, it, didn't Harvey Milk, he was like, that's the reason why we have to pick up dog shit, right? Is I think so. I, I think, think so. so. I think yeah. he's the one that passed the bill because his one buddy every in the movie, I've only, the only thing I know is from the movie, which I absolutely love. Uh, I gotta see that. When his he's like, I keep stepping in dog <laughs> shit. And he's just like, and he's like, let's make it a law. And he fucking passed it. Like, it was like part of. His deal, and thank God for that, because I'll tell you what, there ain't nothing worse than having dog shit on your shit. That's true. And then you have true. to gut when you're going out, you know? That's oh, divine. Yeah, yeah, you know. Yeah, right? <laughs> Get that bootlicker divine over there. <laughs> That's for sure. But yeah, that was uh, that was pretty heavy, like that whole situation. Jonestown, I can't even, I've, like I said, I've never had met anybody that had any anything to do with that at all. So, I mean, that's like being like you know around here in the manson era which um uh, what's his name he was an actor uh he was chuck negron's cousin he was the guy who lived in the and that guy's name was taylor negron he was the pizza dude in fast times ridgemont high and california gothic is the name of the ted talks or npr thingamajig that he did and it's epic and i'm going to post that in the show notes it's an epic story about the manson family and three dog night definitely gotta check it out on the moth what do you got like this face is all beaten (laughs) he was all fucking drunk and i was like honey i can relate that has happened to me Oh yeah. Before oh, and yeah. I, and that, you know I get it. That would sober your ass up pretty quick. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. I'll tell you when um when that whole thing went down the Manson uh, murders and shit. I was a kid. Yeah. And uh, we had been sent away to camp um, for the weekend or something. And um, I get home and my grandma's there and someone stole my stingray. Your, and your I bike. Had, yeah. The baddest I, looking Not bike the ever. Corvette, yeah. yeah. No, but I had a stingray with a huge with sissy bana- bar. Yeah, and the banana and, seat. Yeah, the banana that. seat. And I had the best baseball cards with um, clothespins, yeah, you know, to make totally that. Someone stole that motherfucker. So my mom calls and talks to my grandma, and then she said she wanted to talk to me, you know. 
And she goes, have you heard the news? Oh, she was, no, she just said, isn't it awful? I said, it is, Mom. I'm really upset. <laughs> and she goes, are you scared? I said, kind of. I mean, if, if, if it happened, it can happen again. And she goes, well, the police are taking care of it. You're going to be safe, and uh, we're coming home soon. And, uh, and I, I can't remember. but You're that, talking that, about uh, the uh, Yeah, I was talking about the stingray. She's talking about the Manson murders. <laughs> Never did get that stingray back. Ah, oh, fuckers. That was a good bike. Yeah, it that was. That is a plus. It was. Yeah. Well, what else we got for uh, for some Santeria business? Um, you got any history? I mean, you got to have, have a spooky story. Uh, Putting you on okay, the spot. Okay, well, I, this happened. I, 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 this is what happened. Okay. Um, we were sitting. It was, it was a summer day. Uh, I lived in a cul-de-sac uh-huh. in La Puente, uh-huh. and um, and there were six houses in the cul-de-sac, and everybody was a half-breed. Next to us were Italians and African-Americans, then there were Mexicans and Germans, and well, the, the ones next to us were uh, just Okies yeah. from Oklahoma. All right. and, no, she was French and with an Okie. And anyways, <laughs> and, and then there was one Mexican family, and we played baseball with them, and we were in their garage sitting on their pool table, and we, you know how kids like to freak each other out. Right, right. And so we were spinning around and, you know, choking each other out. Right. And um, all of a sudden, there was this, and there were four of us. We all saw it. So, it, you know, we didn't know what, the, the, there was this, like, blast of light, and the garage door just slammed. And... Of course, we started screaming, Mark, 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 Mommy, Mommy. He, he got hit and tackled in football. Mommy, Mommy. You know, hit <laughs> by a pitch. Yeah, everybody. Yeah. He ended up, you know, catching for the White Sox and the Twins. Oh, get but, out of here. Yeah, he no, was no. Yeah, but yeah, he's, but he was a good guy. Yeah. But anyways, we were in his garage and that happened. And uh, we told, and, and the adult said, you know, no, 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 it didn't happen. But we grew up and, you know, we talked about it. And we don't, we didn't. I don't know what the fuck. I don't know how to explain that, but that's that's why. So I, you think it, maybe it was a UFO? I don't know. I guess I I was so into Bigfoot as a kid. Yeah. And um, we would go camping a lot and and uh, try to find Bigfoot. Of course, oh, we of never course. did. I, I'm an adult and I still do that. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I was so into Bigfoot, and uh, they used to call me Sasquatch. You uh. know. <laughs> but it. Um, I don't know. So when my aunt Tootsie told me, you know, you know, never poo-poo the voodoo. Yeah. I believe that. I believe. Okay, you and I were sitting here. Yeah. I believe there's a lot of shit going on around us. We're just in this body, but we're energy. We're like, right. We're, we're we're electric energy, and I don't know how many dimensions and realms are happening all around us, and For who's sure. here and who's not here. That's what I think a lot of deja vu is. It seeps in or something. Yeah. I, mean, I had major deja vu yesterday, and like. Well, what, that what happens happened? to me a lot. What happened? I was at a light and I was making a turn and I was talking to Vanessa and everything was the same. Like I've done this before. Yes. Like as I was making this turn I and mean, I was like, and then saying, "Oh, this is deja vu." I've no, that was even part of the deja vu. Like I felt like they said that too, and it's, yeah, it was just a whole lot of like I've done this before. Well, and yeah, that I think that and synchronicity, mm-hmm. those kind of things. Epic in my life. They happen Same way here. more than I think the average person. Uh, you know. Well, I, I think that's having an open mind. Yeah. And and 
and I think being an outsider too. Yeah. You know, you know, being queer yeah. and being on the outside, and yeah. and then you being a woman on top of being yeah. a woman on top of it. And, you know, I think, I think that you know, why most of the uh, palm readers and fortune tellers I've known, and uh, uh, healers, with the exception of my grandfather and a couple other guys, are all women. Yeah. You know Jules Davis, right? You know? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. She's a healer, and she's. Oh, that's really, right. She helped me. Uh, I and had Pleasant's a, a reader. Uh, she does a lot of tarot readings and a lot of stuff. Yeah, the, I, there, there's that sensitivity that you... And uh, let's see, what, who else is... Uh, uh, God, I can't think of her name. Fully tattooed. My friend Shabrina Bernard, uh, Bernard she also is a reader. Uh, God, there actually is a lot there, of yeah. us that are... Um, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so I, I, I just think that having that open mind, because just because I can't see it doesn't mean it doesn't exist. Right. And there are people who, you know... Who operate their whole their entire lives that way? Right. But I I really believe because I've been touched. Yeah. I've been touched. <laughs> well, I've been touched, and then I've been touched. <laughs> you yeah. saw me got touched at the Eagle one night. No, <laughs> I've seen that. You've I seen saw that. that yeah. <laughs> no, but seriously, I I I could. Yeah. I I, I believe in all of that. I so do I. I mean, I I have like there's some things I'm like super skeptical of. You know, like I. For one, Bigfoot. Like, you know, I, I want that to be true so, so bad. bad. You guys, I'm sorry to bust in again, but I fucked up in editing this thing and cut some shit out, and I don't know what happened to it. So, you're out to hear about Barry Moore's mom and me and Voodoo at six years old. Get it? Big, uh, tall, skinny, but big lips, voluptuous lips, and she'd always be like, Barry told me you was talking about some voodoo. And I was like, yeah, I'm, I'm playing with I've had these jars of beads and I would make up words and stuff. I was like six. Yeah, you know? yeah. And I would play with this shit. And she'd make a big, long drag off her cool and be like, what you know about some voodoo? <laughs> like, it was like talking to me about, like I was an adult. And she was like, let me hear about it. And she'd just be smoking her cool and be like, mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Okay. Well, what's going on in them beads? <laughs> what you got in them beads? You know, and I was like, well, these are my special beads. You know, I'm six. I could see you saying that. Yeah, I could these so ones, see these you ones I sprinkle that. around my door, and she's like, mm-hmm, okay. Put them around the, these ones around the door. Okay, what else? Like she was going to go and take my beads and like go and <laughs> practice some shit that the six-year-old told her. And, you know, I mean, it's just been like that was one of the things that I've, I've just always been interested in occulty stuff. And being super susceptible to it. Yeah. I played with Ouija boards. When I so did it. we. And, like, I don't think I could do it again. I think I'm too open that might open, you know what I mean? Like, I might be fucking bringing something in, and, you know, I'm like, I don't want to fuck with that. Like, and I was talking to my friend Adrian about this, and she's like, well, you know, she's like, you are open. And it's like, yeah. you ever been on a beach and you see somebody that's got a fire way down at the end of the you know, beach? You can't see anything, but you can see that light. She's like, you're the light. Like, they'll see that, and they go to that, and you will be a conduit of some sort for it. And I was like, wow, I never thought of it like that, but I, I guess that's a thing. Yeah, you must definitely have that vibe. Yeah, you know, I, I mean, I feel like we all, everybody that I hang out with, yeah. I kind of want you to have that, or we can't hang out, really. Yeah. Like, you know, what do you, live, love, laugh? Get out of yeah. here. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, Danielle has it big time. Yeah, oh, for sure. Yeah, you know. she has it big time. You know, um... I, I have OD'd and um, 
it's you know it's it's a rite of passage. Yeah. And yeah. <laughs> unfortunately, most, for most, some of you know what though, man. I say half of the guys your age in the punk rock scene all have if they're still alive. Yeah. You know. <laughs> and, and I remember. I remember uh, it was Rick and John and I were at his sister Robin's house, and we were getting high, and his sister was. What in, was your drug of choice? Oh God. All of them. All of them. Yeah. I'll tell you, I love my psychedelics. Yeah. I, I, if, if my insurance covered psychedelics, I would be set. Yeah. I, I'm sober now, obviously. I, yeah, you know, you've been sober how long? A, a long time now. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but uh, anyways, Robin's fucking this hot dude in the other room. Door closed. I hadn't seen him. Yeah. I hadn't seen him. We just knew. That they, they were, were in there. there. And, and we, were, we were snorting heroin. And um, and I I went much. down. I went down, and on top of the refrigerator there was this flat bowl, like a, a fruit, a fruit bowl. Yeah. And but what was in that fruit bowl? It was on the refrigerator. I, I hadn't seen it. There was a gun in there, and um, and so I was up here, looking down at me and John and. Uh, Rick, and they were freaking out, and they were yelling, and Robin came out. Okay, I'm, I'm unconscious. Yeah, you, you're above your so you're yeah, astral yeah, projected. Yeah, yeah. Yes. Robin totally comes out and wraps uh, uh, something around her waist, but she got her tits out. Yeah. Robin had nice tits, and so they're bouncing around, <laughs> and then I, the dude is black. I didn't know that the dude was black. In there. He comes out with his gun, and uh, he's like, uh, so he's... He, I can't remember now. It's it's just, it's, ooh, yeah. I haven't talked about this in a long time. Right. Um, I don't mean to, you know. No, that's okay. Cry. That's not. It's um, I I I can't say definitively who gave me mouth to mouth. Right. But I do remember watching all of this happen. But I'm also like, okay, so there's a gun up here, and then I could see into Robin's room. Like I'm, right. You know, I'm like, okay, they have they you know they have the, uh. uh an old-fashioned record player right. playing on, and it was a Motown record because I could see the, label. the blue label. Yes, yeah. the blue Motown. Yeah. I didn't know what it was because I couldn't hear anything. Uh, as soon as you said that, I knew I've seen it. And um, and then and all everybody this, knows had those Motown records. And yeah. that's, you know. And I um, I threw up. That my first conscious moment was uh, whatever they you know. Yeah, they gave they, you they, mouth to mouth. And then I, and then I threw up. And then Robin went back in the room with their boyfriend. He took his gun. <laughs> and I honestly, I don't know. I, I'm sure we went home after that. But that, yeah, that kind of shit is real. Yeah. Well, astral projection, which I've spoke about on this, I don't want to sound like a broken record, because this is probably the third time I've talked about astral projection on this. Is when we were kids, in the back, I lived at Crestview Gardens, which is kind of uh, assisted living housing spot. And, you know, there was a quarry across the street, but we all, our parents were like, you are not going over in that quarry. You guys can camp out back here by the playground, you know, like there's all the parks, you know, it's like, it's projects camping, you know. And that happened to me. We fell asleep. I was probably about, I don't know, eight years old. And my body fucking left and I went above the tents and I went and I was like, I see Bubs' boomerang. He had a Nerf boomerang. It was made by Nerf. It was like a three-way, I think, a three-way boomerang, 
was like this weird thing that nerfed me back then. And I saw everybody's frisbees, and I knew everybody's shit, and I knew where it went. Like you know, like I seen, I know where your boomerang is. It's on, it's on the top of Sharky's building. Like you know, it's over this way. And seen it, and you know, when we seen one of the guys cleaning the gutters, I was like, pull that down, screw the fucking boomerang off her. And they were like, as I told you, I told you it was up there. And I left my, it scared the shit out of me. It happened again when I lived at Crestview. All this stuff happened when I lived in that place. Like, I don't know what the fuck Crestview Gardens is built on. <laughs> Maybe it's uh, an Indian burial You said it was, there was a quarry nearby? Yeah, there was a quarry across the street, yeah. That has something to do with it. Yeah, so there was uh, a lot of stuff that, like, that happened to me again. And it that, that scares the crap out of you. But, I mean, you were pretty much dead. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I, you I, were dead. I was. I was. It, it was a very strange feeling. Yeah. But, but it was kind of cool though, it, and I heard, I heard, I heard a voice, but it wasn't a voice. It was more of a sensation, mm-hmm. and 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 it, and uh, and that sounds cheesy as fuck, but this is the God's honest truth. It, but something along the lines, you have more to do. Yeah. And then like, what? Yeah, and there you go. I don't know. I didn't hear anything. Whatever. I just was just like yeah. A, I didn't. A kid. I, it, it was. It was just not a voice. Yes. Just yeah. And 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 uh, there were. There were lights. There wasn't a tunnel, but there were lights, little lights, and, and I didn't know what they were, who they were, because I really was fucked up. Yeah. And I was dead. So yeah. it's yeah. Hard, you know. <laughs> and I was dead. <laughs> P.S. Dead. <laughs> wow, that's heavy. Like you know, that's one thing I've never, never had a near-death experience. Like I never had that. I don't, don't necessarily really want one. Yeah, but you don't. No. I've had a couple of them. Yeah. No, I never had that. So that's not, that's something to take in. That how you know, but of course I'm sure you probably didn't get sober after that. Oh no. <laughs> Does it no, I, I it, it I was I was in okay, sixty five. I it wasn't until my late forties. Yeah. And then of course I was sober for like four or five years and I would relapse mm-hmm. and then I then you know, get a couple years yeah. and uh then I was just like, you know what? You you know you're gonna get sober, so just stay sober. Yeah. And uh, I mean, for me, because I, my dad's side of the family, my grandma and grandpa, his mom and dad, alcoholics. My grandpa died a bum, or a hobo, yeah. in Oakland. My grandmother died sober. My dad and his brother. Um, Al Karani died here downtown in a warehouse. He and uh, three other homeless men were sleeping like on the third or fourth floor of this warehouse. Uh-huh. And the floor was rotted and it came down and they died. Uh, and my dad got sober. Um, my brother Michael uh, was smoking angel dust and he was in my car and he wrecked his, like, the car, ran into a utility pole and uh, you yeah. know, that the jaws of life kind of nasty yeah. ass shit had to get him out. Anyway, so the whole point, I could go down the list. It runs in yeah. the family, it ha- and it's like, you know, it's going to happen. I mean, the leading cause of death is birth, so I'm not afraid of death. Yeah. It's just going to happen, but right. I don't want to be the I'm one that rushes I'm not afraid to die it. either. Yeah, because you know, well, we've I'm, done it. Yeah, I feel, <laughs> yeah, I mean, like, I feel like there's something about it that, like, I don't have a lot of fear, and, you know, I mean, I've always had, you know, because I love horror movies, and I would be scared of, um, you know, like, the the Jasons and whatever, you know, the slashers, and, like, I'm not afraid of that anymore. Like, I'm, like, I feel like if I got... I feel like after you've been brutally attacked in your life, you're, like, then that's... You've already... You're not gonna... There's not really too much to be afraid of. Yeah, that's true. I'm, I'm terrified of sharks. 
like that's so that's, last week shark week wasn't fun for you nah i, I mean I, I, well, I'll, I'll watch it I, yeah you know jaws was the, oh, one of the best you know I, I, jaws got me through one summer it was playing at a drive-in <laughs> for those of you viewers remember listeners don't know what a drive-in is anyways it was at a drive-in and i was working the snack bar stand Draws played that entire summer. And you're like, I know that movie backward and forward. I do, and I still watch it. I still watch it. I, mean, I, I just love watched it. it. I just watched it the other day. And, um, you know, I loved it, but I'm like, there's that's like one thing that I'm afraid of. And also, like, one of the things uh, why I don't fuck with Ouija boards. Or there's the, in Vegas, uh, the Museum of Haunted Items and shit. I'm like, I ain't going in there. I'm like, I don't want to bring any bad juju, you know what I mean? Like that, I think that that, probably because The Exorcist is the only thing that, the only movie that really scared the fuck out That scared the shit out of, out of me, too. You know what I mean? Like, Did you, you have no book? control. No, I, I have it. I just, I won't read it. I think every time I get it, I give it away. <laughs> I end up being like, hey, look, I got you that. Did, you read, hey. did you read The Omen? No, I didn't oh, read Oh, those are two, those books scared the shit out of me, even before I saw the movies. Right. Yeah, I, I buy I buy them. I have the Omen. I still have it. Oh, I haven't read it. That's a good book. I mean, I have like boxes and boxes. But I'm an obsessive book collector. Same. I've only read like a quarter of the books that I have. You know, and I also have uh, an obsession with buying the uh, encyclopedias of cults and witchcraft and stuff. I got like three different sets. You know, and it's just oh, wow. all of, of everything occult and witchcrafty. Yeah, I'm obsessed with it, but I, I I'm I'm also afraid with it. You know, Look, I mean, I, it, it sounds like you have respect. I, that's you ha- it. You, that, ha- you okay, have respect for. Yeah. It's yeah. just respect, and yeah. and and that's, and that's where Santeria and um, black magic, any, any of magic. that stuff. Yeah, yeah, magic comes from a respect for the, for nature, yeah. the wisdom of nature that has been around a hell of a lot longer than any man, woman, right. or child, and and it's and it's been doing its own thing without us. And being able to tap into that, is, being the conduit, like your friend yeah. said, you're tapped in. Yeah. So that's the respect you have. Yeah, like I don't want to, I don't want to fuck with a Ouija board again. And uh, like that, yeah, the haunted museum in Vegas. I really want to go. I really <laughs> do. I really, really, really want to go. But I don't want to fucking bring home any friends. You know what I and mean? And you might. And you might. You know what I mean? So I'm like. <laughs> I might go. I might go. You know. Yeah, I just. I don't know. I like before this. I uh, I lit some incense. I did a little sage. Uh, I do the crystal thing. Mm-hmm. I in the full moon I cleanse them. And my uh, girlfriend does that too. I I'm like that's another one of those things. I'm like, eh. I don't uh, know it, I'm going it, with it, that one. It has improved um, improved my sight in terms of. Um, my my bullshit detector. Okay. It, it it has really. I have. I base. I don't have very many gay male friends anymore because I don't have time for transactional relationships. Yeah. I you know, and and then that for small talk. Yeah. Well, and then the, you know they get a boyfriend and all of a sudden you disappear yeah. and then then they come knocking on your door because they want you know value. Yeah. And it, it's like well, wait a second, yeah. um, and it's and it's happened too many times and it's like. Transactional relationships are fine, yeah, when you're at Trader Joe's. But right. in my life, I. <laughs> but in my life, I want transitional relationships right. where there's, there's an exchange yeah. and something to grow and feed right. on, and 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 
nourish one another and, and go somewhere yes. with it. Like, that's why I hate small talk. You want to talk about this shit? I'm in. All night long. <laughs> <laughs> like, that's, that's my jam. But, like, you know, just basic stuff. Like, if you can't, if you can't get with this, like, what we're, you know what I mean? Like, what are we talking about? You know? And I feel like those type of people that they don't have good wit. They're not funny. They don't, they're not clever with words, you know. They're just basic. <laughs> you know? I mean, really. Basic bitches. Basic bitches. <laughs> I ain't got the time. Go live, love, laugh. Yeah. Oh. But oh. There, there are enough open people, and, and everybody's open in a different way. Like, like, like your girlfriend, who is super hot, by the way. Yeah. Um, she is. Th- yeah, who is. <laughs> Stone hot. Fox, man. Yeah. Anyways, the crystal thing. Like, I, okay, I, I meditated. I, my, my blood pressure is through the roof. I, yeah. You know, I, I, I was told when I was 30 I had uh, six months to live and I needed to get my affairs in order because oh, wow. of, of AIDS. Yeah. And um, I'm, sure that, that? <laughs> I'm sure that motherfucker's dead. Yeah. You know, I hope he got his affairs in order. Right. Um, and I've been shot couple times once by me I tried to commit suicide and then once out of a club wow. at a, a DC um, fag bashers you know there was yeah, yeah, yeah. anyway anyway these things happen and and if I, if I if I can't grow from these things and I didn't know that all this was going to turn into now right like because now is all there is yeah but all of that shit that's happened to all of us when you you know when you could see a fucking Nerf boomerang <laughs> and tell somebody right. where it's at when you're a kid, yeah, yeah, at that age you're tuned in. Yeah. So we're all tuned in. We're getting, we're getting this amazing, you know, yeah, satellite. We have we all have our own satellites out there, and we're sharing our satellite radios. You know, and it's the thing is, it's like the the people that have like you know have been hurt in violence or have had like the discrimination and have had. That stuff, they usually are tuned in on these things. I, you know, I, after I a while, you're yeah. like, you know, you can only pray to God so much, you know, before you're just like, you know what, fuck it. You know what I mean? Like, I don't even know if that makes any sense. It does to, to me, because yeah, I come you know, from a... Uh, but I feel, uh, what, what I mean, I guess, is, uh, it's really hard to put in the words. People that have had turmoil are... Good word. Usually the ones that can or a little bit more happier you know like everybody that's a crybaby and fucking life isn't fair have never experienced any of this shit you know what i mean like all the you know i have to wear a mask and you know like granted i hate wearing a mask let me just be clear that i'm not (laughs) real fucking hip to this re maybe doing it again here in los angeles and the whole goof goofy covid you know yeah thing that's happening. I have no offense to those that have had loved ones that have died or have come right. close to death. I'm right. not making light of the actual situation, but I mean that happens with people with pneumonia as well. Right. My point being is the people that are like throwing a fit because they have to wear a mask and a, you know, whatever you know, it's their rules. Just fucking go with it. You're fucking crying, man. Let's put the mask on, do your shit, get the fuck out and be, be done with it. Like, you know, the that's just the way it is. I mean, those kind of people, I feel like, have never experienced, you know, being gay bashed, being shot at, being oppression. discriminated, oppression. They've never felt Second class citizens. They never felt that. They've never had that boot on their neck. No. No, they haven't. So and that's what, I'm like, that's what you're going to fucking cry about? Yeah, and, and, <laughs> and I, you know, I 
like I said, I don't have a lot of gay male friends. I have a lot of straight male friends, yeah. and and they are, they're great guys. Yeah. And and they talk about this, and they're they kind of tread around it. So you know, I know, I have no right to, you know, I'm not in your category, but this is happening. I'm like, yeah, you're not, but you have the right because it's it's happening to you. Right. But you 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 don't have the right to compare it. I said because. What is that statistic? One in five, one in four or five women. Right. What what women fear fear the most is being physically attacked. Right. And one of, I can't. It's, you probably know one of four or one of five will have that happen in right. their life. Or they have. I mean, like I mean, most women in my age group and older. Yeah. Have been molested. Yep. Almost all of them. Yep. I mean, it's 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 actually rare to have the one that hasn't had any kind of like you know somebody touch them wrong as a kid. Yep. You know, so I mean, it's it, for you know those that are like fifty and under, very, very, very rare. I mean, or fi- I would say forty and over, rather. And you know yeah. what men are afraid of the most? Being ridiculed or made fun of. Yeah, I could see. Yeah, I mean, I, I'd say that's true. Anytime I've uh, like busted balls with some of, I've actually just lost one of my. Uh, really good friends of 30 plus 40 almost 40 years because I bust his balls about something he, he said let me this he's like we were really high and he goes <laughs> he goes man it's kind of you know this kind of sounds like a high-pitched lemmy and I went what that don't even make any fucking sense I was you know I started busting his balls about it you know and he couldn't he was just too serious about it and I was like, I was like, let me play Motorhead. He's like, I know what Motorhead sounds like. I was like, well, then what the fuck are you saying? This chick, it's a woman, sounds like Lemmy. Like, how the fuck? I was like, come on, man. Like, you know, and I'm just, he could not, he did not like that I challenged him in yeah. this thing. And like, start, but I was like, dude, you're just taking yourself too serious. And then he was just a fucking dick at, from that day on. I mean, maybe it was something else and I just don't know about it, but I mean. You know, he's one of those dudes that treats women like property anyway. So. Well, I, that, that whole thing, that toxic masculinity mm-hmm. thing, is real. Yeah. And, and, but. Although I, I love masculinity. I do don't too. Think anybody, you know, I, like people are like, oh, men can't be men. No, please be men. Yeah, please. no, I, you know. Um, but just don't be a dick. Yeah, no, that, <laughs> but it's, masculinity too is very brittle. And, and, and it takes courage for a man to admit that. Yes. And there's a lot of men who won't admit that, hence all that macho bullshit right. toxic masculinity stuff. yeah you know yeah. like i got asked i don't i'm not in any of those dating apps i'm an old school guy you yeah. know you catch somebody's eye hey, you up? know on the yeah. street or I, trader joe's is a really good place to <laughs> go pick up I'm, I'm, I'm not kidding <laughs> the one Dude, in Silver Lake? not so much the one on vine because there's two gyms near there oh, so you know it's yeah, just yeah okay. it's just you know tourists too mm. germans and sweets yeah but anyways uh, <laughs> But that, so I'm not All on my these homos. apps. Good day, Richard. <laughs> the uh, those apps, you know, uh, a friend of mine said he had gotten, uh, "Are you masculine or feminine?" In one of those things, and I loved his response. He goes, "Well, uh, masculine on my dad's side." <laughs> <laughs> and I thought, oh, I, that, that was cute. There's no better way to answer. Yeah, that. that's good. That's a good one. Fucking hey, well. Werewolf Radio listeners, I think we're going to wrap it up. We had a good one, man. We had Thank an, you, an hour and 12 minutes. Where can people find you? Where they find you on Instagram? Uh, or Instagram, Facebook? yeah. Uh, What's your handle? Uh, Instagram, it's uh, Clubfoot. K L U B 
uh, foot F O O T E. It's after a legendary punk club in San Francisco. Club foot. Yeah. That's great. And yeah. that ends in an E. Ends in an E. Yeah. yeah. Club it starts with the K. <laughs> club foot. Yeah. Club foot. <laughs> it was a French punk rock club. <laughs> And then, and then they find you on Facebook or not? Uh, yeah, Facebook, Richard Newt Hagen. Yeah. Yeah, see, there's no... Hagen. You look at me... See, I've never been treated white. Because yeah, I, you I, don't look white at all. On paper, I'm white. Richard Newt Hagen. Hagen, uh, like Nina. Yeah, and uh, but then you see me and... Uh, yeah, but never in a million years. Yeah. I'm like, that dude is Mexican. <laughs> Yes, he can. Who else would have an Aunt Tootsie with goodie marks? I fucking come on. <laughs> Aunt Tootsie with the goodie marks. I think we should start a punk band and just call it Aunt Tootsie. And the goodie marks. And the goodie marks. <laughs> That's it. You heard it here first, Werewolf Radio listeners. Let's give them a Werewolf Radio how. Thank you, Tammy. You got it. That was All right, Werewolf Radio. That was Richard Hagen. Man, we were all over the map with that one. We got music, violence, AIDS, <laughs> Santeria, Aunt Tootsie. Fucking Aunt Tootsie and the goodie marks. Richard, we're going to start that punk band sooner than later, brother. Maybe have you dress and drag, be the front man. Aunt Tootsie. Tootsie. So there we go. Where'd we go? We went everywhere. We touched base on everything. It was a good talk. I hope you enjoyed it as much as I did. Until next time, I am your host, T Magic, and this is Werewolf Radio. Ow!